Hey y'all, James here with another Episcopal Student Fellowship Sermon Podcast Recap. Uh, today is Monday, uh, uh, what month is it? September 24th, and um, this is coming to you uh, after uh, a sermon from last night in Davis Chapel, and um, I just wanted to recap some of the main points of the sermon. This will be uh, a lot shorter than my sermon last night was, I promise. So a common phrase in my house is spoken by my five-year-old daughter, Corinne, and she loves uh, to talk to Alexa. And one of her favorite um, things to say is, Alexa, play Corinne's birthday awesomeness playlist on Spotify. Yeah, that's a real list uh, that my daughter made and has... And one of the songs uh, on it is uh, is one of her favorites and uh, kind of a point of pride um, because it's one of mine too. Um, but a song by Justin Timberlake called Mirrors. And I love that song. Um, it's, it's, it's got a great uh, beat and resolution and, um, and, and, and I love the image that, that he um, is, that he is uh, creating in that song. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because we have this uh, mirror reflection in the gospel. So we're reading Mark 9, 30 through 37. If you have a Bible, pull it out and read along with Mark 9, 30 through 37. Jesus and his disciples passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it. For he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying, and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another, Who was the greatest? So he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in Mark 9, we have the story of who is the greatest. That's what I focused on last night. There's a lot going on in this passage, but for me, that's what held the most weight. This conversation between the disciples about who is the greatest, and they're, they're totally ignoring the fact that Jesus is telling them about his own death. He is, for the second time in Mark, making this prediction about his own death. They are on the road to Jerusalem, for God's sakes, and they are caught up in arguing about who's the greatest. And it's like this little boy's pissing match, and it's so egotistical and narcissistic of these disciples, and it's easy to be down on them. It's super easy to just say, hey, what idiots? What are they thinking? They're with Jesus, and he's trying to tell them something important. 
about who he is and what's going to happen. And they're arguing about, like, who's the greatest? Like, who cast out the most demons during that last, you know, excursion into the Galilean countryside or something? You know, who cares, guys? Come on, listen to Jesus. He's right here. But it's like the song Mirrors. It's like you're my mirror. Oh, I promise I'm not going to sing anymore. But it's like the Jesus is holding up this mirror. The gospel is holding up this mirror to us where we're making fun of the disciples in front of the text for who they are and how they're acting. But really, we are those disciples that we get caught up in that conversation of who is the greatest, you know, who has the best grades, you know, what are your achievements in college? How much do you have on your resume? How popular are you? How many notches do you have in that belt? How many followers do you have on Twitter? On Twitter? Do you have the record for the most Zix flatbreads consumed in one day? Do you have the record for the most time spent in the ZSR? Well, congratulations. Um, have you over-functioned? How much time have you spent in your own bed asleep this week? Do you strive for perfection in everything you do? Well, those are the standards by which, at least here at Wake Forest, that um, we measure greatness. Um, that there's this kind of unofficial mottos of Wake Forest as work forest. And another campus minister um, said in a sermon uh, at our pre-orientation summit, he said, it's like the motto of Wake Forest is, where you're good isn't good enough since 1834. Well, I think that stereotype is not unfair, that there is a lot of that culture going on here at Wake Forest and in most universities around the country that there's this standard for greatness and we see ourselves caught up in that conversation just like those disciples possibly ignoring some of the most important things that are going on around us and perhaps we are getting tapped on the shoulder by Jesus saying hey what are you guys arguing about well Jesus takes the example of a child and says, you know, greatness isn't all that other stuff. You know, ministry isn't it about how many people you've saved. Ministry is about welcoming another child of God. He takes a child and puts it among them. It was probably one of the disciples' own kids because they traveled together in this group. And I doubt that the disciples left their families behind. They probably brought them with. And this may have been James or John's kid. Possibly two of the most cantankerous of the disciples. All Their nickname is the Sons of Thunder. You know, they were probably the ones arguing about who's the greatest. In fact, even their mom asked Jesus one time, Hey, can, can James and John sit on your left and your right once you get into heaven, into the kingdom? I know, right? So they've totally bought into that idea of who is the greatest. And they're totally one-upping each other all the time. And they think that, there's this, that that's the measure of what's important to God. But it turns out what, important to, what is important to God 
is compassion for another person. It's recognizing God in someone else. It's recognizing a, a fellow student as being a child of God. It's recognizing that someone else is beloved by God. And then treating them like that. So instead of being inauthentic and trying to one-up someone else by how much time we have spent in the library or how busy we are, you know, get over it. We're all effing busy. We're so busy, right? There's so much to do. But that's not the measure of greatness. The measure of greatness is is measured by how well we love one another and by how hospitable we are to another person, especially someone who's vulnerable like a child. And so Jesus takes that example of a child and says that this is the measure of greatness, but really Jesus is the measure of greatness because this is God entered into the world through the incarnation, God putting on flesh, which is to mean that the God of the universe, the timeless, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, compassionate God, puts on flesh and mortality and becomes human, which is to say becomes vulnerable, becomes weak. And that Jesus didn't come into this world he wasn't going up to Jerusalem to com- command a whole host of armies uh, to overthrow Rome and overthrow uh, the rulers of Israel. God was coming to show us a different way. And God was coming in human form through Jesus to show that greatness and that following in the way of Jesus is compassion is showing love for one another and love of God. So those are the kingdom economics that we get to live into this week. And these are just some helpful tips um, for your week um, and some questions for you as you go about uh, your day-to-day life and as you go about your vocation. uh, Once you've left uh, academia, once you have left school, that in your work and in your life as a student, you are a follower of Jesus and you get to practice ministry everywhere all the time. And you get to practice this calling from God. You know, the word vocation actually means calling. So in your work, you get to practice ministry. And Jesus is giving us this example of this is how you practice it. You practice it by welcoming the vulnerable, welcoming someone else as a child of God in Jesus' name. And we get to do that. We have this beautiful responsibility during the week to practice that. And that is kingdom economics. That is kingdom economics. That is greatness. So to close, Paul in his in his letter to the Romans, in, ver- in chapter 12, talks about 
exactly this, that what does it mean to be a true Christian? What does it mean to follow in the way of Jesus? And he gives this definition for greatness, which I think mirrors what Jesus is saying. He says, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, and hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection, and listen to this, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty. Hey, uh, James and John, don't, don't be egotistical. But associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Man, Paul hits the nail on the head, and he challenges us this week to do as Jesus said, to take a child into our arms and say, you are welcomed, you are beloved, you are loved. And we can practice that in all those ways. And we can practice that through hospitality for folks who are on the fringes of our community and for folks who are inside our community who need that compassion and need someone to listen to them and need someone who is going to take that first step towards vulnerability. What they don't need is someone trying to one-up you in how busy you are and how busy they are. So let's do that this week. Let's outdo one another in affection. Let's outdo one another in love and compassion and one-up each other in love because that is kingdom economics according to the King himself, Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll um, update you with another podcast next week. Um, I'll be preaching again this weekend. And then the week after that, um, the bishop of North Carolina, the suffragan bishop of North Carolina, Bishop Ann Hodges Koppel, will be here, and she'll be preaching. I'm going to try my best to record that one live, but if not, um, it'll be fun to recap that the next day and talk about some of the things that I heard, that we heard um, her say, and we'll look forward to that. Again, thanks for listening, and hope you have a blessed week.